Jill Lang is a certified life, love, and relationship coach. With her speciality in conscious relationships, her favorite topics to teach and talk about are sex, dating, and feminine energy practices. What can women do to, or can women do anything as a whole? I think women need to also ask more questions about what he likes and not to pass any judgment if it's something that the woman doesn't like. Yep. So slow the pace. And if they want you to go faster, they're going to say so. The very popular Instagram story installment of Sex on Saturdays was born out of a desire to shed shame and normalize talking about sexual things that in her past have been considered taboo, inappropriate, or awkward to discuss. If you're noticing that someone doesn't give you eye contact during sex, like to me, it means disconnection. The ultimate goal of Jill's life and work is that everyone would learn to love themselves from the inside so that they can genuinely experience more love and pleasure in their lives every day. If you were to get specific and just nail it down into one specific detail, what is it that you fucking love? To feel desired. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. Jill. Welcome yeah. back. Uh, so Absolutely. good to be here. Buzzing to have you back. I know that we had a brilliant conversation a couple of months ago, and we talked about the fundamental aspects of relationships. And, and then we got to the end of that podcast, and I said, fuck, we didn't get to talk about sex here. We so, to talk about sex. Today, today uh, stand by everyone. We are going deep diving into sex. Laser, laser fitness laser focus onto sex so okay yeah stand by everyone and the first question i want to ask you jill is tell us about some of the worst experiences or maybe one of the worst experiences you had with sex and why you felt it was so bad what happened you know what's funny is you asked me this before we started recording and it's like I felt this nervousness come over me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just like to express what I'm feeling. It helps kind of alleviate the pressure. It's a big question. Big question. All right. Worst experience or experiences. I'll kind of, I think I'll just kind of lump it. Like what makes it not what my past experiences made it not so great. Um, partners who are in a hurry. Take notes, men. <laughs> Let's say that again. Partners that are in a hurry. Um, selfish partners, which kind of goes to the being in a hurry, meaning um, someone who's simply there for their own gratification. And that was probably more in my younger days. I do think that that is something that is attributed more to younger people and or inexperienced people inattentive like I think I feel like I'm saying the same thing like a disconnect like a disconnect um to be graphic the jackrabbit effect the the whatever you call it the um or the jackhammer effect or whatever you know just just when your partner gets in to get it done and gets out and it's like, you're missing the fun of it all. Um, what else has made it made my experiences not so great. Um, so there's a, there's a lack of foreplay there as well. It's like, yeah, just a, a lack of, and I get that not everyone is, um, because th- we could we could do a whole probably episode on erotic blueprints. Like not everyone is a sensual type of lover. You know, some people are just strictly sexual types, and it is about 
penetrative sex or whatever, but just a lack of attention to detail. I think just, I don't feel like I'm serving this question very well. <laughs> oh, no, no. I think you're covering some aspects, but they're coming under a certain umbrella of disconnection, disengagement. Yeah. And I think that would be the umbrella. It, you know, I could make a list. I could be like, oh, you know, men who don't know where the clitoris is or men who are too rough or too fast or too, um, or just not attentive or, un, or, or clumsy or, um, or uh, uh, rough before it's time. Like there's, there's a time for, for things to be rough or firm or grab or throw around or whatever. But like, if you, st- you come in hot and you start like that, it's, it's, you know, women statistically need 20 to 40 minutes to really warm up. And most men either don't know that or don't have the patience for that or, mm-hmm. you know, ignorance, whatever, but it's, there's, there's a, there's a flow. There's a, you know, that makes it, it can, it can make it really great for both people. Um, I think most people are goal oriented when it comes to sex. And I would like, I would like to, people to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the erection and the ejaculation. We're speaking from a yeah. perspective here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's a, right. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Ta-da, we're done. And um, I even had a um, a recent lover say to me, well, isn't that what it's about? And I was like, mm, not for me. Okay. Not for me. And, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm different, but. Okay. Well, let's flip it and tell me about some of your best experiences and what was so good with those. Yeah. And it's just ultimately the opposite of what I've said, just attentive, slow. Can you go into um, details? Can you sort of play it out from the beginning? Details. Uh, me personally, I love to be touched. I, I love kissing. I love making out. I love the anticipation of keeping your clothes on for a while before, because there's just something very um, arousing about hands over the, think about being in high school, like when you're making out with your boyfriend or girlfriend and there's this kind of um, risk of being caught or mom and dad or missing curfew. And it's like, there is something very, very arousing and very about the anticipation. It's like, hmm, what's going on under there? There's the mystery. And I think that's, if I had to like fast forward into relationships or, you know, long-term committed relationships, you know, people are like, oh, good, you know, it just feels stale or boring or whatever. And you know why? It's because people rip their clothes off and they get right to, and it's like, you're kind of fast forwarding. And I get that that's rewarding in itself, but um, some of my best experiences are just when people take their time to get to know what works for me, you know, oh, do you like being kissed on your ear? What about your neck? How about if I touch your hair? How about if I pull your hair? How about if I squeeze your arm or hold your hand or. So men need to ask more questions is what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Instead of. Yeah assuming that you're going to like it or not like it. Yeah. Cause women, Oh man, I know we're a moving target. I know we are. And, um, you know, just because I'm in the mood today to be held this way or touched this way tomorrow may be different, right? Because as women go through their monthly cycle, some things feel good today that don't feel good next week. And just, just, it, you know, when, checking in it's 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 beautiful like you know the word consent some people love that word some people hate that word but even just how's this what about this do you like this learning your lover is some of my best experiences are people who didn't make assumptions but also uh gentle gentle touch light touch teasing um, all of that. I just, I've never met a woman who would be like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> hmm. Is there something that women, is there something that women could do to 
in their approach to accommodate more of this funding. Like, um, there yeah. seems to be there seems to be also a reluctance from the woman to perhaps. Absolutely, women are ter- we're all terrified to communicate our needs, our wants, our desires. We all are, men and women. Neither gender any better at it. And that's why I love these conversations because it's like permission to express yourself. Um, I remember someone asking me about, about dirty talk, like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable with that. Where do I start? You start with, mm, or yes, it doesn't have to be like, I want you to grab me by the throat and, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like It doesn't, people think dirty talk has to be like this over the top, whatever. And it really can be, um, again, I, I, ha- I had a lover recently who was not verbal, but he was, he gave a lot of nonverbal cues. There was a lot of sounds, mo- like feedback love feedback and just the breath, paying attention. It's like, if we would just pay attention, the whole thing would be so much better for everyone involved. Listen to the breath, listen for the gasps. Like if I, you know, kiss behind your ear and you, you know, it's like, oh, oh, that's a, that's a cue. Listen for that. Pay attention. If we would pay closer attention, the whole thing would be way more, um, rewarding for like, I know I just used that word, but for everyone involved, even if you can't, even if you don't feel confident enough to say, Hey, you know, do you like this? What about this? Or can I touch you here? Or do you like, you know, and usually if you ask, people will tell you, but we're scared to ask. Yeah. That's the big one, isn't it? But the, what do you feel is the fear behind the Asking is it a rejection or judging? Absolutely. And it is ultimately, I'm obviously speaking from my perspective and my experience is um, it's a lack of comfort in your own body with your own self. Sex is, I say everything is sex. Everything is sex. From the way you eat your food to the way you drive your car to the way you carry yourself in a crowd of people, it's all your how. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're. It's how you're embodied and how you do. You know that saying that's you know how you do one thing is how you do everything. I hate that saying, but there's some truth to it. And it's like if you are comfortable with yourself. If you are comfortable in your body, in your skin, in your identity, in your ability, in your capability, that translates into the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, know thyself. That's why masturbation is such a useful tool, especially for women. I feel like men naturally do that from such a young age and no one teaches them how um, women are so disconnected from their bodies in this society, in this time and place um, for many reasons, but knowing what you like is your job. Mm-hmm. Again, is there anything, anything, anything that men could do to help women feel more connected in their bodies? Or is this- Safety is number one. It's number one, and men have, and the men who get it, whether you want to call them players, whether you want to call them charming or experienced or whatever, those are the men who know how to say to a woman, everything about you is beautiful. I love how you smell. I love how you taste. I love how you look, your curves, your edges, your stretch marks, your dimples, your you're, you're beautiful to me. And, and you know what I've learned is most men feel that way. Most men are so honored to be with a woman who's willing to get naked with them. They are enamored with the female form and women are way harder on ourselves than men ever are. It's There's something that the safer a woman feels, 
and the more trust that exists in a connection, the more a woman will open. And the more a woman opens, the more of her pleasure receptors awaken. And so that's the beauty of, you know, being with someone more than once, you know, sex, in my opinion, gets better the longer you're with someone because there's more trust built, there's more rapport built, there's, and it does give you the opportunity to truly open if safety, if safety is established, you know, and even outside of compliments, even a man saying like, you're, you're safe here with me. I'm, this is a safe place. I want you to feel comfortable. How can I, how can I make you more comfortable? So, you know, compliments aside, I know it's not every man's love language or even, you know, within their vocabulary to be like, your hair is beautiful. Wow. Your eyes sparkle or, oh my gosh, you look beautiful in that dress. That's not, it doesn't come naturally to everyone, but curiosity can be cultivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I do you it's, mean? It's, it's, it's something for, yeah, it's something for a man to become aware of as well. Understanding mm-hmm. that, you know, if, if a woman is not feeling completely comfortable with her body to criticize her or to tell her, Oh, you know what? Maybe you should go to the gym and, and work. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to work. That's not going to work. It's yeah. going to yeah. you know, diminish her confidence all the more because now she feels like you, you've noticed that flaw within her. Within her. So instead. Okay. I think one of my favorite questions, because really if we will, as humans stay curious, I think one of the best questions that any human can ask another human is how can I support you? What do you need from me? Mm -hmm. It translates, right? It could be like, Hey, I need your help for taking the groceries in, you know, in long-term relationship, what happens? Everyone gets in their roles and the kids and the, this and that. And it's like, Everyone gets on cruise control. And instead of, you know, men typically complaining like, oh, we just don't have, we don't have sex anymore. We're not intimate anymore. It's like, or the pizzazz has gone out of our relationship. It's like, instead of complaining, what if we just stayed curious and said, how can I support you? How can I help you feel more in your body or up to it or interested or what, how can I support you mm-hmm. in that? Yeah, I know you've been through several breakups as well, and I'm curious as to whether there was something that could have been said or changed within those relationships that may have avoided the the breakup. In terms sexual, of sex. sexual, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting because I was actually having a very um. Um, a very healing conversation with my ex-husband the other day and he needed more from me. He needed more from more sex for me. He needed more. And I thought we were already having a relative amount of sex. Um, he needed more from me, but he didn't have, he didn't know how to speak up. He didn't know how to say like, this is what I need from you. And so here I thought I was giving what he needed, but his needs weren't being met and my needs weren't being met. I didn't feel emotionally safe. I didn't feel um, cherished or um, I just didn't, I didn't feel safe in the way that I could just open up and really, really tap into Um So that was obviously the biggest breakup of my life was my marriage. My most recent breakup, the one that ripped my heart out and threw it on the freeway. um, We actually had a really great um, sexual chemistry and in connection. So our issues were more outside of the bedroom. Mm. Strangely. Brings me to the next question. Do you feel like the issues in a relationship begin in the bedroom or do they begin outside the bedroom? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. 
Yes, I think it I think it depends. I do think I will say I will be so bold as to say that when a couple stops being sexually intimate, it it's over. Hmm. It's over. Now, can it be rekindled? Sure, it can be rekindled. But I'm saying like when one or both give up on that, you're just friends, you're roommates. There is um, such beautiful, just there's just so much value in having a robust sex life. Okay, so what if we are speaking to a couple whose sex life has gone stale? How do you bring it back? How do you bring it back? You have a conversation, first of all, outside of the bedroom. You don't wait until one person wants it and one person doesn't. It turns into an argument. You set aside a time, right? It's like sex. um, Dr. Emily has a, she calls it the three T's. It's like time, tone, and something else. But it's, you know, you, you choose the time and you sit, you, you always get bring all these conversations with the whole praise sandwich, right? I love this, this, and this about you. Here are my concerns. And, and then you sandwich it in with, I want to be with you. I love you. You're my person. Let's fix this. I'm committed, you know, and I'm reading a book. I actually, I actually have it right here. I love this. Um, it's called coming together, embracing your core desires for sexual fulfillment and long-term compatibility. Nice one. This good, is what it looks like. Recommendation for everyone. Yeah. Nice one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So to bring, it is by um, Dan- Danielle Harrell and Celeste Hirschman, and they are experts in the field. What I've loved about it is like, it's embracing your core desires because two people can get together and really love each other, but their core desires, what they need to feel sexually fulfilled can be vastly different. And so, you know, if you have someone who's really into kink and someone who's more vanilla, you're going to miss each other and there, but there are ways to remedy that. And so they've spent years in private practice counseling couples who come in and be like, we love each other, but we're just, our sex life isn't working. So having a deeper understanding of what your core desires, what drive you, the reasons you have sex, um, you know, what sex does for you in terms, I mean, it's, it's, that's going deep into, you know, most people think, well, what's, what's right. We just go, we go, we have sex, you have an orgasm, you're good, you move on. Well, but the longer you're together with somebody, the more, you know, the more variables are at play. We get in cruise control. We stop being curious about our partner. We stop um, trying to impress them. We stop trying to win them. We we get lazy. Everybody gets lazy to think like, oh, oh, well, I already got her. I got the girl. What else? No, it's like growth. You have to have a growth mindset around everything and especially around your sex life. Mm-hmm. And has there been any experiences in your life where the man was under pressure to the point where he couldn't perform. He had performance-based anxiety, let's call it. And this is something that's actually quite common for a lot of men. It actually is quite common. And I'm glad you brought it up because I know it is a, um, because men are very performance-based. Have you had an experience like that? I have had an experience like that. Yes. Um, To me, what makes it awkward or uncomfortable or not okay is not the actual, um, it's not what the man's experiencing. It's the man's unwillingness to address it or talk about it with me. We're on the same team. If there's an issue, don't ignore it. Don't avoid it. Don't pretend it's not happening. Let's talk about it. It's an opportunity for connection, ultimately. I think uh, for a lot of men, if they're not able to perform, they feel it's going to be criticized. Mm -hmm. So they sort of, again, shy away from the conversation because they feel that you're going to be quite critical or quite judgmental. It's not, and it's not based on the woman, of course. This, This is provoking experiences in the past where they 
they were criticized for lack of performance in some sort of field. Yeah, which is real. But um, just like ladies, knock it off. Knock it off. Like what, what is that? Do you want this man? Do you want this man to feel safe with you? Then hold space for his vulnerability period. Vulnerability is not weakness. It's strength. Mm-hmm. And porn plays a factor as well, of course, because for a number of reasons, number one, men are watching porn and then they see yeah. this guy going for <laughs> a full hour with some woman and, fully wrecked the whole time and the woman's the woman looks like she's loving it not saying she's loving it good actors but of course this brings a certain misconception onto the bedroom then as well and mm-hmm. as well as that if they're getting their kicks from porn or they're expanding their sexual energy over there they're not going to be able to fully invest in the relationship or what their woman so she yeah. looks like too but it's uh, yeah but it's ultimately why why does he have to go there he can't fully give himself to his woman. Why can't you fully give yourself to your woman? It's because uh, it's terrifying. Because <laughs> it's terrifying, right? This this fantasy on the screen is not going to hurt my feelings. She might. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing that I've noticed is that I can always tell when a man watches a lot of porn because he typically can't orgasm during sex. Very common. Well, the sad reality is, is that for a lot of men who overindulge in porn, they enjoy porn more than they enjoy sex. Which is just tragic to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tragic. Human contact is so... Oh yeah, it's so healing. Human contact, right? Skin to skin contact, so healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, it's the underlying fear that's they're bringing that with them into the bedroom, and this is not allowing them to fucking go all in. Yeah, what can women do to, or can women do anything as a whole? I think women need to also ask more questions about what he likes and not to pass any judgment if it's something that the woman doesn't like. Yep. So there's loads of things men like, loads. And some of those things women are not going to be into. And that's fine too. But that is not sort of passed with some sort of judgment, but it's maybe a discussion that we could have later or mm-hmm. okay maybe we could try but you know at a sort of surface level we'll just you know dip our toes into this experiment let's call it yeah. and see how i feel i've never done it before see how i feel if i like it yeah, okay we can explore that a bit more so uh, yeah it all comes down to communication doesn't it it comes down to open honest non-judgmental communication yeah There does need to be around, and that's why I love that we're having this conversation because most people don't even want to talk about sex in general because it's just, it's awkward and, oh, that's private and, oh, that goes on behind closed doors. Or if you have a religious upbringing, then it's like, oh, that's inappropriate or that's not. um, God is frowning at us now. Yeah, it's just, and, and sadly, those uh condi- that that conditioning is is uh ruined many many a sex lives <laughs> yes <laughs> Sadly. many relationships if the sex life is ruined and the relationship is next to go yeah well the relationship's finished and i'm curious as well like when you talk about slowing things down is that from the initial engagement or are you talking more about when it gets to the bedroom scenario i know you're mostly talking about both but Intimacy or the sex or the foreplay begins at the first exchange, I believe. The first Absolutely. Exchange. Absolutely. Yeah. The first meeting, the first glance across a room. The it's that's why I say it's all it's all sex. I mean, when I 
you know, whether you're flirting or not flirting, it's, it's the way that you interact, whether you're, you know, grazing someone's arm or, or, you know, winking after making a joke or, you know, it's, it's all like, we stop somewhere along the way. Let's go. We stop flirting. Why do we do that? Mm, That's true. Yeah. It's, um, but to slow it down, to answer your question, um, I think specifically I was talking about the, once things become physical, you know, some people just tend to want to kiss fast, touch fast, fuck fast. (laughs) It's like, it's like, everyone just calm down. It's just like common across the board for every single woman that if you get into the bedroom scenario, they want to take it slow, unless maybe it's a a long-term relationship, but I'm talking more about some of those initial intimate scenarios. Like, is this this something common across the board that every woman wants to take it slow? I would say, okay, it's right. It's not fair for me to speak every woman on the face of the earth. I would say more than not slow, slow the pace. And if they want you to go faster, they're going to, they're going to say so for sure. I think because like I said, statistics show that it takes a woman 20 to 40 minutes to truly warm up. Do some warm up quicker. Yes. But, you know, I think if we're, especially if we're talking about a brand new, um, well, not, I can't, that's not even fair to say, especially maybe, especially if we're talking about long-term relationship, you know, sometimes it, I remember like my kids being little, working full-time, my husband working full-time and it took a while to, to shake the day off, to, to, you know, just to come back into my body and be present in the moment with him. Sometimes that takes a while. So maybe, maybe it's the flip of what I was saying, like, Mm. but just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As you said, as you, as you uh, proceed with a relationship, more and more things come into your life and that relationship, kids, job, work, you sort of get a little bit complacent in the relationship too take each other for granted and then okay. I will just have sex a few minutes, bing, bang, boom. Good night. Yeah. I, I like more making out, honestly. That was my next question actually is, is, is the foreplay more enjoyable or is. Well, I think that when people say, Oh, we had sex for hours, they're not talking about penetrative sex. I, I'm, I think I'm speaking for the majority when I say like foreplay is what Right. Cause when you get, when you get to the main event, which is, shouldn't be the main event, but what is considered the main event to a man, which is penetration. Um, you know, how long is that really going to last? Mm-hmm. I think the averages are like four to seven minutes or seven to 12 or something like that. Can be a struggle. <laughs> cause yeah, I mean, all, through, as- all, all through that time, like we're, we're trying not to come. Exactly. Oh, you right? Baseball yeah. statistics. You're thinking about the the you know the football game and <laughs> the grocery list in your head. That's what I'm saying. Like the the joy of it all, like in my opinion, is the foreplay. It's the flirting. It's the awkwardness and the messiness and the and the the you know the laughing and the conversation in between and and it's. Switching this way and that way, and ta- and does that? How, what do you think of that? And how about this? Or why don't we try? You know, and there are ways to. If you're in a long-term relationship, I mean, there's just so many. You can get books on the topic. You can try different. You know, th- there are websites. There's, I mean, there's just resources out the wazoo. So when people say to me like, "Oh, you know, how do I keep my sex life from being stale with the same person?" It's like do a little research. There's so much free, there's so many free resources on the internet. There's, you know, go on a picnic, blindfold your, your, your person play with textures and temperatures and, and places and times and to role play. And I mean, just, there's all kinds of fun ways, but you have to be open. You can't be one of those. "Mm, This is the way I am. 
this is the way I like it. Well, then it's going to get stale. And is there, in your opinion, a certain frequency that couples in a long-term relationship should adhere to for a healthy sex life and relationship? Once a week, five times a week, once a month? That is... um... That's a question that can only be answered by the people in the, in the relationship. Subjective. Yes. Some, because some people are perfectly happy with once a week. I think statistics show that once a week is average for most couples. Um, You know, if you ask me if I would be satisfied with once a week, the, the answer is no, but that's me. Um, every day, Jill, every day. It just, I. <sighs> <laughs> you need to find a professional athlete, I think. <laughs> I mean, my sexual prime, Gavin, just. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Like, yeah. So no, that can't be, that can be, that can only be answered by the couple. And it has to be, you know, again, it's got to be communicated. Like, hey, let's talk about this. If you're getting into a relationship with someone, it's a great conversation to have. It's a very important conversation to have because you may want to have sex five times a week and the lady may only want to have sex once every two weeks. That's not going to work very well, is it? Because like what defines, what is your idea of healthy sex life? What is your idea of a healthy, you know, healthy frequency in your, you know, in your sex life, it's, it's a valid question. And it really does speak to compatibility because if you're setting yourself up at the very beginning to be frustrated. Yes. Yeah. So are you all all of these, all these questions I'm hearing now and (laughs) and fuck, I wish I was uh, told about this when I was younger, before I got into relationships and made a fucking mess of things. Um, because yeah, me too. Me too. Which is why we're talking about it now. Yeah. Because if we can a... get some younger people to listen. Yeah. That's all. Like it's it's not just about it's not just about establishing how many times um, your frequency of sex throughout the week or many times a week you want to have sex, but it's also what you expect mm-hmm. in a relationship. You know. So it, mm-hmm. of course, sex comes under that umbrella. These are my sort. Of, these are my expectations. When I get into a relationship, can you meet me with these expectations? Can we merge our expectations yes. together? If not, then okay, well, this relationship's not going to work. Bye-bye. See you later. So I find someone who is compatible to you. <clears throat> but again, for a lot of men, and maybe women as well, they find someone and they're willing to compromise. And this compromising leads to fucking resentment. And I hate that word hate that word was just having this conversation with a friend last night hate the word compromise yeah because it insinuates that one person wins and one person loses or both people don't feel like they're winning yeah that's it's part of the from a man's perspective it's part of the, the nice guy syndrome oh okay i'll do anything you want i'll make sure you're happy and all the while he's fucking suppressing his own needs and wants and yeah. He's going to express them in some other ways through porn or through an affair or just simply through resenting his, his woman. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like if, if one person listening to this can make a shift in the, in the way that they think or the way that they communicate, the way that they enter into, you know, a new relationship or the way they move forward in a current relationship, then then we've then we've won even just by having this conversation i know it's a question you've answered on your on your stories actually so anyone listen to this go and check out um, jill's page she does sex on saturdays she answers loads of questions on sex so if you have questions post it in there on saturdays some brilliant questions and answers um <laughs> very insightful and one of the questions was eye contact during intercourse or during sex and my question and, and I, 
my question is more what if the woman or the man is refusing eye contact during that situation or during that scenario what's that telling you about him or her eye contact during sex is very intimate deeply deeply intimate and what it would tell me is they're not ready to open up in that way Mm. yeah so they don't trust their partner maybe they they don't trust themselves Mm. so again it goes back to not giving themselves fully to their woman or the woman not giving themselves fully. Yeah, I think self-preservation is a real thing. I mean, sex is a deeply, a deeply intimate act. I mean, yeah, it's one thing to be naked with someone. It's quite another to be naked and emotionally vulnerable with a person at the same time. You're like, well, some people can't, some people can't handle that. And the deep, the deepest implications of that sex can be deeply spiritual. If, if you allow it to be, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you so will, this is that that's a massive red flag. If there's no eye contact. No, I don't think it's a massive red flag. I think it's, um, that's, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a warning sign of some sort that something. No, no, no I mean, no, well, not, no, not at first. And now I think that, as rapport is, I'm assuming you mean with someone you've you've just started having sex with, or just just started being. Well, we, well, well, we can talk about both scenarios. We could talk about a long term relationship, or someone that you're in a short term relationship with. So, long term relationship, I think it's a it's a red flag. Absolutely, absolutely. It's okay. She just needs a bit more time. Yeah. Short term, I think it's just a, it's a message. It's a, it's a flag. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to give it a color. It's just something to notice, or it might be something that you want to talk about later and just say like, I love being with you. How do you feel about eye contact during sex? Well, it's more of a message. Let's, take the man's perspective again. If she's not making eye contact, it's more of a message to communicate with her more and to help build that trust more within her that she can trust you. She can be safe with you. Yeah. Be vulnerable with you. However, yeah, it could just be as simple as saying, Hey, look at me. Hmm. I want to, I want to look into your eyes. Like sometimes just a, some, sometimes it's just a bad habit. You know, especially if you're in a casual situation, you know, some people just aren't used to. Some people don't give you eye contact when they're on a first date with you. It's like, so to say that people won't look you in the eye while they're being sexually intimate with you, like that's a whole nother, Mm. it's a whole nother level. You know, it's more eye contact outside of the bedroom. Well, I mean, it's something to notice. But if you're noticing that someone doesn't give you eye contact during sex, like, are they looking at you when they're talking to you in general? You know, how many times have you like been with someone and their eyes are darting around and they're not, they're not like fully present eye contact for people in general feels very intimate Mm -hmm. out with, you know, clothes on with the space between you. (laughs) So imagine, imagine the converse. Yes. So then what if it's happening in a long-term relationship? What's that, what's that telling you? Yeah, that, that has a lot of messages attached to it, I believe. Yeah. Um, it could be telling you all kinds of things. You know, it's, it's just disconnection. To me, it means disconnection. Yeah, or the unwillingness to connect based on a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a protective thing to not make the eye contact. You're not. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think. Because you're giving a lot away, even by. Yeah, the- I was just going to say it's, it's um, you know, it's part of yourself that you um, that you're holding back from that person, mm-hmm. which could also be a punishment if you're resentful of them. That's true. We've all had sex with partners we feel resentful towards. Mm-hmm. 
And you're like, mm, I'm not going to look at you during this. Yeah. Even though we're cool right now. Uh, but again, it's a message to take out of the bedroom and have a conversation about yeah. the next day or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. When things have settled down. But Absolutely. Okay. Well, we're coming near the end, but I have a very important question. What is, <laughs> what is the one thing that all you women love in the bedroom? If you were to get specific and just nail it down into one specific detail, what is it that you fucking love? To feel desired. How do, how do we do that as men? <laughs> that probably has more answers to it. Um, because that's right. It's that's host specific. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, I love, I love to be touched. I love to be held. I love to be caressed. I love to be, I love all the sensual things. Like I want you to be close to me and talk in my ear and touch my hair and like, but that's me. Um, you know, a lot of women though. Is there a common denominator? I don't know. Some women are, I, I do know a lot of women and some women are, a lot of women are very disconnected from themselves. They're very disembodied. And, but I think at the end of the day, we all want to feel desired. And so what elicits that feeling within us is, is going to be a little different for everyone. And sometimes that's just a, you know, praise. You look pretty in that dress, or I love your hair today. I mean, something as simple as that. Mm. You know, for other women, it's like, I love the way you taste. You know, I can't get enough of you. Some, you know, some women, that's what it is. It's, it's, um, man, sex and curiosity are just go hand in hand. Yeah. They really do. You just can't stop being curious. Yeah. Which makes it so interesting. I think, I think it's like on that point as well of feeling desired. If men are struggling with this, you know, start practicing that outside of bedroom, such as, as you mentioned, complimenting how she looks that day in her dress or complimenting her hair or her eyes or something. So or just notice it, just noticing like you're really great with the kids. I noticed you're really great with the kids. And I, and I appreciate that about you. Like just appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because compliments don't work. So just notice and appreciate. Yeah. And then once she hears the appreciation and the praise, you're going to receive some sort of feedback from her. That's going to potentially bring a bit of life back into the bedroom. Yeah. Or just say like, I, you know, I miss you. I want to feel close to you. Can we cuddle later? You know, I think a lot of times women, um, I was standing at the gym the other day and there were three ladies who are all three married and they were talking about their husbands and something to do with not liking to be touched. Yeah. You know, he always wants me to, he's always trying to hug me or touch me. And I'm like, I was so angry. I felt the anger just rise up in me because I'm single. I don't have a partner. These women all have these. Now I don't know the intimacies of their relationship, but they all have men in their lives who are handsome, fit, good dads, good providers, right? They have these lives that at least from the outside are what many women want or strive for. And because of my own experience of not of learning after the fact that my husband's needs weren't being met, I'm like, Hey, knock it off, go sit on his lap, bury your face in his neck. Tell him, thank you for being a good dad. Thanks for going to work today. Go home and fuck your husband. Go like, do you want to be single? If you're not giving it to him, he's going to find it somewhere else. Trust Trust me, whether it's flirting with the girl at work, watching porn, picking up a prostitute, like stop, ladies, wake up, wake up. If you have a man who's a good man, 
love him. Men are very visual and most of them are very sexual. Yes. We're fucking horny every day. So come on, like, come on girls. And if you're not up to it, then that's your problem. Go figure out, go sort your shit, go figure out why you don't want to be touched. Why don't I want to be touched? We're humans. We're born in relationship with each other, right? We're born suckling our mother's breasts. Like we're meant to be in contact with one another. If you don't want to be touched, there's something deeper going on here. Sort that out, but don't ruin. Don't ravage a perfectly, what could be a a beautiful, beautiful relationship into old age because you don't want to be touched. I don't know. He just bothers me. He doesn't want to be. I uh, can you tell I'm like super passionate about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, go home and love your husbands. What are you doing? Is there something? Is there something from your own experience in that? That's that's bringing up the anger in terms of a fucking. I wish I did more of this, or I wish absolutely. I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew, and that was part of the conversation that I had with my ex husband. I was like. I wish that you and I both had the tools, the skills to express to one another what it is we needed. I wish we had the the tools to receive that information from each other. We didn't. Neither of us did. And so, you know, and so the relationship expired, but we're just not taught these things. And so that's why, you know, we podcast and we have these conversations and we do sex on Saturdays. It's like, it's almost like, Hey, don't fuck it up. Like Jill did. Don't do well, what I did. <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah. I know this and definitely to check out your page on your sex on Saturdays and post some questions in there. Of course, it's completely confidential too. And that's the great thing about posting questions on Instagram. You can't see their names or anything else. So if there's a certain shame or certain difficulty you have about expressing a concern you have around sex, then it's all confidential and you give some really great answers. So go check that out. And Jill, this has been another epic conversation with you. I've enjoyed this thoroughly. Uh, taking some notes here and yes uh, so again just tell us where to find you where's best to find you is it the instagram page it'll, it'll yeah, be all instagram. the show coach, right. tell us. coach jilly coach jilly on instagram that's my primary yeah. that's where i spend most of my that's where i hang out most go there everyone but, yeah well, yes well until next time possibly <laughs> thank you for so. having me again yeah no, it's legendary. Thanks so much, Jill. And uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.